You're listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner Podcast with your host, Andy Plymer. For someone to explain. Bringing you up-to-date coaching concepts from the world of rugby. Sharing ideas to make the game better. Welcome to episode number 32 of the Rugby Coaches Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Plymer, and this episode is the first of a a three-part series where I chat to uh, the head coaches of uh, pro rugby. For those outside of North America uh, who may not be aware of of what pro rugby is, pro rugby is the new professional uh, rugby competition that has been set up in the United States, and the inaugural uh, season just wrapped up a couple of months ago so I reached out to two of the head coaches uh, from uh, San Diego and from Sacramento uh, to have a chat on the show and uh, that's going to be part one of the series so uh, I'll be speaking with Ray Egan from San Diego and Luke Gross uh, from Sacramento in this episode and in, in due time I'm hoping to speak to the other three uh, head coaches from the other franchises to just to get a bit of an understanding on, on what their experiences were like in the first year, what did they learn as coaches, um, and some advice to pass on to, to coaches listening to the program. So sit back and enjoy, and as always, uh, any feedback is is greatly appreciated, whether it be from iTunes reviews or reaching out to uh, me or the podcast on Twitter. Uh, so thanks very much, and uh, we'll see you at the other end. All right, welcome to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. Joining me today is Ray Egan. Ray is the Pro Rugby San Diego head coach and originally hails from Ireland, where he developed his rugby at Crescent College School and Young Munsters RSC. Uh, he then moved to England to attend Loughborough University. Uh, he continued playing there and also took on the university's uh, women's side uh, in a coaching role. Uh, after university, he returned to Ireland, began working with the IRFU and Munster as an SNC coach, and later moved into elite player development. Uh, he's had coaching roles with Munster in Ireland, uh, underage and senior teams, and began coaching Belmont Shore RSC in California when he moved to the US with his wife. Uh, He now heads up pro rugby uh, San Diego and is also involved with the Eagle Selects. And it's a pleasure to have him on the show. So welcome, Ray. Thanks, Eddie. Cheers for having me. Yeah, no worries. All right, so um, went over most of your stuff there. What's a a bit of a, a description of your time in the US and, you know, before pro rugby came along and what, what, what your observations were of US rugby in general? Uh, I suppose um, I, I'd kind of been, like like many foreigners, I suppose, you, you, you're kind of very interested in seeing what it's like over here and, and kind of looking from afar. But um, once once we actually moved here um, uh, and I got, got set up with uh, Belmont Shore, mm-hmm. I was very surprised. That was my first... Um, my first thought because I suppose uh, naively it was very kind of uh, dismissive of what the American uh, club rugby was like. Yeah. Um, so I was actually very surprised at how how good it was over here. You know, um, um, I remember my first year of Belmont. I thought there was four players that were ready to go. Ideally, definitely play Pro Twelve uh, standard professional in 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 Europe. You know, so. Wow, uh, there was a huge amount of talent here, you know. I just think um, um, it's just it's just trying to help 
develop that talent from here because it's such a big country. Mm. Uh, resources are, are strained at best. Um, so just trying to make it work here, I think it's harder than most other countries, you know, in terms of um, uh, long-term player development pathways, you know. So hopefully we're kind of bridging that gap. So w when I came over here, it was, it was kind of um, it was kind of neat because it was kind of starting again, right? Um, taking what you've learned from from Ireland, from being a, a third-rate, uh, I suppose, uh, rugby nation to a, to a tier one, you know, and how that process works. So, and trying to implement some of the things that I learned over there and try and make them work here, you know. So, it was fun. It was fun. It was challenging, but fun. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It tests out your coaching for sure. You've got to, yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. to really uh, work hard on that that delivery and the relationship piece and. Uh, yeah, I think that's a mistake that a lot of people come over and dismiss the quality and the work that's already been done. Um, I think that happens everywhere, and uh, it's, it's good that you're surprised in that way. Um, okay, so after well, you, you're still involved with the club, but you're also uh, the head. Yeah, listen, I, I, like I suppose that that's one of the things that you you're you're bred from home. You know, you you're with one club, and that's your home club. You know, so um, I still still very involved in, in, in Belmont Shore and, and and how they progress um, um, and trying to bring through those those youth players through the. Uh, we've got a great youth program that comes through, and um, I suppose what in my tenure the 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 fruition of it really is kind of Mikey Teo, Joe Tefetti, who are. Who've made it through onto the national ranks, you know, um, and they've come from the Belmont Shore on youth side. So it's nice seeing that kind of correlation and seeing that um, pathway for 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 young players going through right through, and and all of a sudden they 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 they're now on the on the national stage. Yeah. Um, so that's very pleasing, and it just kind of shows that you know that that it may not be perfect here in the states, but it they do get it right in certain stages. Um, the big challenge, I think, here is coach education. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I think that's where we can really create the biggest footprint, right? Um, and, and, and that's where we can have the biggest impact uh, amongst our players. Because the players are here. Um, it's only a matter of just, just trying to get that coaching piece right and, and helping coaches uh, be better, you know? So I think if we can, if we can keep striving to work on that, I think... Um, the sleeping giant will awake, you know. Yeah, I think so. That's great. Okay, so you, as as you said in the intro, you're the head coach of uh, Pro uh, San Diego. Um, what, what's a bit of a summary of the team's inaugural season, 2016? Um, I suppose it's um, a lot of people were worried were were we ever actually going to get to game one. So, <laughs> um, getting to game one was a huge kind of. Uh, I suppose it was it was a milestone, right? Yeah. Because. A lot of people maybe thought it may not work and whatever. And mm -hmm. uh, I think um, the league and, and, and the coaching staff and, and the management staff and the players um, did a great job in, in getting this thing up and running. Um, um, I think in terms of how we we performed, I think we were lucky at the beginning of our season because we had a lot of home games. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, a lot of player, a lot of teams just trying to find their identity. So... We just had a little bit of advantage at the beginning of this season, so we got off to a great start. Um, and then probably we we waned in the middle um, due to our own kind of success a little bit, I suppose. Uh, we, we have quite a number of internationals. 
mm-hmm. uh, domestic and foreign. So uh, we were without, we lost maybe eight, eight, nine players in the middle of the season during that international window. Yeah. And we probably lacked a lot of experience um, uh, in terms of closing out games. Um, and then we were on the road. So we kind of struggled a little bit uh, towards the, the, the middle and the end of the season. Um, but I think overall, I'm, I'm actually quite happy with where we ended up. We probably, had, we were, it was a true reflection of where we were, uh, which is mid-table. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were probably a little bit on the young and inexperienced side, which you can look at it two ways. Uh, one is you can look at it as a missed opportunity, or the other you can look at it as a great learning curve yeah. going forward as long as we can hold on to those players. Um, gives them great exposure and, now, and, and they don't have to worry about um, uh, win loss isn't so important for me at the beginning because we're just we're still trying to develop culture and identity and a club ethos and you know. But I think we 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 definitely we definitely laid great groundwork. You know, um, uh, myself and the and, and the coaches and the management team with me. I think I think we did a great job in in in, in starting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think we've got a good framework to go forward. You know, yeah. uh, so that's that's the. It was a successful season for us, I think. Uh, could, obviously, could have done a little bit better. We had a few games that were tight. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, it's more the experience gained with the players that we had and the age profile of the players we had um, is, um, is is good for us, you know, and, and bodes well for the future, you know. For sure, for sure. So on the on the field, what do, what do you think some of the things that went really well for you guys uh, in terms of play? I think really... Um, we, again, it comes back to we were trying to build an identity, yep. really, um, and um, probably some of the areas that went well for us is basically our unstructured, um, uh, I suppose, our counterattack ability mm-hmm. and our structure play, um, and a lot of that kind of you know came from from Rob Hoadley, our, our, our backs coach and, and defence coach. He, he's really, really, really good in, in, in getting us on, on on the front foot with that. Okay. Um, really looking at it as an opportunity, so that that really went well this year. We probably probably got away from it a little bit, uh, and we we probably got a little bit structured uh, in the middle. Uh, but then we kind of we went back to 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 it again. And to we were a team that basically we're, we're very much a kind of a continuity style. Um, I think that suits us best because we're young. Um, we have a number of sevens players that are involved in our squad as well, so. Being very structured and very rigid, uh, and very being very set piece orientated, wasn't really uh, going to be our strength. So keeping the ball alive and keeping the ball in hand was was something that kind of we were really pleased about it. You know, we should have gone to it a little bit more and trusted a little bit more. Um, but uh, I think I think it's definitely the way we need to go uh, going forward. Yeah, and when you, and when you realised that 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 was the style that best suited the team, what were what were some of the ways you you, you worked on that at practice? I suppose it's just. Um, Giving the players a little bit of a, um, a framework to work within um, when they when they do that, give them kind of like cues, areas in the field uh, when it's kind of a green light to go, yeah. um, and when and when they need to maybe think a little bit more like field position, um, because sometimes you you can it's it's one of those things that has to be developed over time, so yeah. you can't go carte blanche and kind of go oh, well right we're not going to kick the ball. Yeah. Um, uh, but because that becomes very dangerous because now all of a sudden you're just putting yourself under pressure uh, if, if you're in your own 22. Yeah. So it's just trying to find that mix and, and giving the guys simple cues to understand when to go um, uh, uh, and when not to. 
to give them maybe more the kind of the learning cues um, that, that allows them either to kick, uh, kick and, uh, and pass rather than maybe just run. Um, I think that's probably where you need to go. And then giving them the skills to be able to keep the ball alive. Um, it's a very, I suppose, international rugby is, is very much of the breakdown, right? Such a huge, important part of the game now. But as we can see, probably with um, the Southern Hemisphere at the moment, um, you know, looking maybe at Argentina at, a little bit, they, they're trying to keep the ball in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and avoid going to ground at all costs and yeah. take out take the breakdown out of it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really the style that needs to evolve because the breakdowns become and there's such physical athletes out there. So and I think it's something that could suit our style a little bit. Yeah, better. they're all Argentina's almost playing like the France of old, you know. Like exactly, I'm saying right. Yeah. And I think it's it's hard, right? Because you you. you you don't want to lose games, and it's all about performance at that level, and you mm -hmm. want to win games, but there's a process to it. But uh, in fairness to Argentina, I think their model over the last four or five years, um, it's not by accident they're no, getting no, they yeah. So, um, and um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, they had the All Blacks on the, uh, uh, on the ropes there for about 60 minutes, 50 yeah, minutes, you know? Really good so, and I think a lot of people are taking a leaf out of it and kind of go, well, right, to, 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 we need to play Mm. Right, so the, the the conservative kind of kicking style game necessarily it gets you only so far, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. but re for from our point of view, really, it's about I think the coaching side from for us is understanding the dynamic of our group, understanding our skill level, yeah, and then playing to what we have rather than this is the way we're going to play um, and and try and fit pieces into that. I don't think you can do that. Because our players are coming from a huge different background. We've got experienced internationals, um, you know, uh, uh, with with forty, fifty caps to players who are who are just coming out of college or high school. So um, it's it's quite a quite a diverse range of of players' ability and experience. But uh, what 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 one, all players like to do is they they like to they like to play with ball in hand, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think we just try and feed into that, and that's. That's something our definitely our focus is anyway this Great. year. Great. All right. With that in mind, then you you're in the pro rugby off season. Um, I'm sure you got a, a hundred and one other rugby things on the go though. Yeah. Um, what what, have, what are some areas you're looking at in terms of uh, professional development for you as a coach and where you want to move to uh, for next year? Well, I suppose for me as a coach, um, I was due to go back home to Ireland. Um, so I usually do a kind of a sabbatical back home every year and, and, and link up with Munster in Ireland. And, um, and, and I just suppose it's trying to, you've you got to keep your finger on the pulse in terms of what the international game is doing. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think in America, you can kind of get a little bit uh, cocooned over here um, because you're not seeing it as much on TV. Um, you know, it's, you don't have easy access to, uh, to a barrage of games, and particularly at the international or pro level. So, um, I think it's it's you have to go and you have to immerse yourself, even if even if it's other codes. Um, you've got to you've got to see professional sport. Um, so that was my my intent. And then um, um, uh, USA asked me to take a, a select tour down to Uruguay. Um, actually, leaving the end of this week. So, um, I suppose that's my professional development. Yeah, is, that's for sure. Is, is is taking that group down to Uruguay, um, and um, hopefully, you know, 
unearthing or, or giving experience to the next uh, to the next level of players um, that should figure in in 2019, right? Mm. Um, so that's that's kind of the next step for me. Um, and then usually in the off season, you try and do as much education work as you can, whether it's you know watching games, analyzing games in the international, or going to other codes, football, mm. soccer, basketball. You just try and learn from from different from different aspects, right? Yeah. Um, because um, the the minute you think you have it, uh, you don't. <laughs> no, you're gone. So it's a and and it doesn't matter what level you do. You know, even if it's going watching a high school game, you'll always learn something, yeah. right? So, uh, and I think it's important for us as coaches that we try and get out there. So I do a bit of work with the the Southern California Griffins as well, and. Uh, keep my finger in with Belmont, so you're always doing something, you know. Rugby, you never, you're never off in rugby. No, no, yeah, no. That's uh, that's a fact that I know too well for sure. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned the trip to Uruguay there with the USA Select. Um, what's a what's a bit more details there on like who are the athletes? What's the kind of profile? Uh... Uh, so the profile of the players is really um, it's a development select side. Um, very very little experience in terms of international uh, yeah. caps. Um, so there might only be like four players that might have international caps at mm-hmm. the level. Um, uh, so it's a mix of probably um, the oldest might be 27. Okay. Uh, so it's quite a young, I'd say the average age of the group might be 23, 24. Um, inexperienced pro players, collegiate All-Americans, um, uh, players that are probably the next uh, layer underneath the senior team. Okay. Um, the tour is really about giving them exposure at an international level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit throwing them in at the deep end a little bit, but um, allowing them experiences to go and play and not be sitting on benches and stuff like that so that yeah. they have to go and figure it out. And then at the same time also just implement some of the, the terminology and the, and the systems from, from the senior side um, so that automatically, you know, Fingers crossed, we'll hopefully have a handful of players from this tour that'll be involved in November. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it gives them a leg up and it gives them experience and a little bit of confidence um, at playing at the next level um, that they can go and perform, you know. Um, so that's that's really what this tour is about. It's it's about um, a young management team that's, that's going and learning as well. Uh, but it's really about developing players and giving them the experience uh, in a tour setup. And to go and um, be successful, really, rather than allowing them to fail—that's the word, that's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. Be successful, right? And hopefully, we find a few a few players that um, we 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 didn't really know about, you know, and uh, and now give them give them a an opportunity to go and, and be successful, you know, and, and put their hand up. That's great, awesome. Um, all right, so back to you as a coach, and um, what's your favorite part of the game to coach? And and what are some of the ways you you like like to coach it on the field, on the on the practice field? Um, I'm I suppose um, my my background really is development, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process more than anything else. Um, I I would have uh, since coming to the states, I've, I've read a lot of uh, John Wooden's books. Yeah, uh, right, of course. So and, and and he talks about the process being his favorite part, and he hated games. Right. Um, I don't hate games, but I like the process. I like training. Yeah. Um, I like seeing the skill development. I like understanding um, how players see the process and, and, and succeed in certain things. 
So I actually get the, the biggest kick I get out of is, is, is maybe seeing a player develop uh, in a particular skill or perform a particular skill that they didn't do before. Or, mm-hmm. You know, that light bulb aha moment that you see them on a field or on a practice field and you see you get it. Mm-hmm. That to me is the greatest, uh, is the big kick, you know, um, that you've just kind of, you've gone through the process of it and they get it. Um, and now they understand it. Now they perform it. Like that to me is awesome, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's the, that's the accolade because, you know, in any team or any uh, professional setup, we shouldn't be talking about coaches. You know, we shouldn't be talking about referees. We should be talking about players. You know, um, so if 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 we can empower the players um, and, and make them hungry and want to learn and and teach them the right way in terms of giving them the tools and then giving them the experience that they can go and perform them and use those tools and be successful. I think that's, I think that's the, 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 the nature of it for me. And I think that's the drug of it for me, you know, mm. um, it's the small little things, yeah. small processes, you know, that, um, if, uh, watch again, watching New Zealanders, um, uh, there recently, um, is it Cole, the, the hooker? Yeah. Ben Cole's. Yeah. And uh, like you're looking at his hand skills and, and him putting away, you know, a 15 meter, 18 meter pass to a lock in the corner. Yeah. It's like a, like a newborn Keith Wood. Well, well to me, you know, his academy coach, I'm sure is, is doing somersaults. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, yeah. that's, that's what it's about, right? It's putting, being able to do it on the biggest stage, right? Those yeah. small little things and. Man, that to me, that's the kick, right? It's not scoring the try; it's the pass. The pass was was sublime, right? So that's for me. That's that's really the the the, the what what I I get on a training paddock for you know. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. It's, it's all those kind of experiences. No, that's great. All right. Well, um, these are short and sweet ones. The little pro rugby uh, series we're doing at the at the podcast here. So yep. we're going to wrap it up with our uh, usual final four questions. Um, when, you were, uh, when you were a kid uh, growing up watching rugby, who was uh, one of your favourite players going around? So for me, because Ireland used uh, in the 70s, 80s, Ireland were getting their butts kicked <laughs> a lot of the time, um, uh, Serge Blanco. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was just a fan of the flair. Yeah, right? yeah. And for, for, for a player like him who just out-and-out attack. And it was just indicative, I think, of France at the time. Yeah, uh, which is which is something that you know a lot of a lot of teams would love to play like that. You know, uh, ball in hand. You know, keep, uh, uh, that continuity style game. So, for me, I think uh, Serge Blanco. I think uh, epitomised that. You know. Yeah, for sure. And what about now? Who's uh, who's some of your favourite players going around? Uh, oh, Bolton Barrett. I think has to be the biggest. Um, not surprise, but. You know, for me, I was never, a, me as a player, I was never a big kid. Um, so I just like those kind of smaller kids that are, that are scrappy and they, do, they, they, don't, they don't do what it says on the box, yeah. you know. Um, so seeing somebody like that be so success, successful um, and with the depth of, of um, uh, tens that New Zealand have on offer, uh, Bowden is like he's he's just setting the world alight at the moment, and you can see the enjoyment in his face, right? So, I think it's just the way he's allowed play, and and then the way he plays. I think with speed and no fear, and and let's give it a go. Um, I think he's definitely the most exciting player at the moment. Yeah, I, I I'd agree. I just love the way he takes the line on. He's just you no, know, just straightens when he needs to, yeah. and into yeah, into some big guys. Bit like, um, 
it's kind of like what you'd love Quake Cooper to be allowed to do. Oh, absolutely, yeah. um, And this is just this is just my thought. Like, um, I think Quake Cooper should start every game. Now, yeah. that's not saying anything against any other ten, but you have to allow that those players be you know be successful and get things wrong, but you have to let them play, yeah. right? Um, you know, I think um, uh, the recent article about you know how come New Zealand produced so many tens is because. They've got a, a bunch of young tens, and they throw them into their franchise, and they go, "Here you go, 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 sink or swim." Mm. Um, uh, here domestically, I think AJ McGinty is a great um, um, is a, is a great find. You know, Absolutely. I don't think Talks gets enough, um, I suppose, reward for that because mm. um, before the World Cup, you know, he just started him for for four games, going, "All right, kid, off yeah, you go, yeah. um, sink or swim." You know, and you know, if you get it wrong, you're going to start the next day, and you'll be better for it. You know, and you get it right. And then the World Cup, he was one of the he was one of the um, one of the players that really excelled excelled in, in in the World Cup. So I think, you know, a lot of it's down to coaching, you know, and, and giving the, these players the opportunities. But somebody like Bowden Barra, you know, let him be good. The only way, let him play. Yeah, get out of the way. <laughs> you know, and then get out exactly. Get out of the way and just. Yeah. If he wants to try things, let him go. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, you, you hear from certain people who, who are in the know with San Diego that have the year of Bowden Barrett and stuff like that, they, they try stuff off the cuff. Mm. You know? But it's just that the coaching is done beforehand, the process is right, they see an opportunity, they can communicate, they can all get on the same page, and, and then they're just, their basic fundamental skills are so good that they can, they can execute, right? So. Yeah. But that's, he's definitely, for me, the most exciting player at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. He's, he's outstanding. All right, uh, on the coaches now, um, who's, who's one of your favourite, um, I suppose, elite or high-profile coaches going around? Uh, probably at the moment, well, Graham Henry would have been a big, um, a, a big um, I suppose, hero of mine. Yeah. Um, and namely because, I, I suppose, uh, a good few years ago when I was with the Monster Academy, he came... Um, the All Blacks came to Limerick uh, to train against the academy uh, in preparation for for uh, for Wales. Right. Um, and uh, so I got to spend a good bit of time with him, um, just in how he ca- he he coached and, and how he empowered the players a little bit. So I was a big fan of just hey, we just give them the fundamental skills. We we give them the framework of where we where we want to play and how we want to play, and we just step back. Mm. Um, and we only, you know, it was, it was very kind of a, a, a enlightening to me because you, you'd sometimes get caught up in the system and the play calling and all that. And it shouldn't be about that, you know. Um, and, and he had a very simple way of, of approaching um, internationals. Um, so that year, their backs uh, had three set piece moves total mm. for, an autumn, for an autumn tour. That's correct. Um, and they just have different variations of it, but yeah. it's three moves. So to me, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because at that time in Munster, we we had <laughs> 13 moves, yeah. moves, yeah. right? So it, it really kind of you know, and that's and that's where I like it. It's just the simplicity. Let's let's go do do uh, a small few things, but let's do them really well, right? Um, and then allow players to decision make based off what they see. Um, so that it really kind of molded me in how I was going to coach uh, from that day on. Um, so that would have been on the skill side. And then on, on, on a management side, it would have been a guy called Declan Kidney. Yeah, of course. Uh, 
so coach monster in Ireland. Um, and he was probably one of the best man managers I've ever come across. Um, uh, so those two probably shaped the most, uh, you know, in terms of who, who, who I like, um, um, I think I think both of them are retired now, right? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it's on my head. Still lessons to learn, though, for sure. Yeah. All right, and then uh, last question: Who's someone in your community who's uh, you know not the profile of those those two giants, um, but doing really good work for the development of young players in your your area? I think uh, there's a there's a good few around Southern Cal around here. Um, um, I think. Probably he comes from my own club, a guy called Peter Seal. Okay. Um, so he's an ex-player, played sevens with the US, but um, he looks after the sevens program with, with Belmont Shore. Um, but he's a guy that um, I, I think has got a huge future in coaching if, if he keeps pursuing it, you know. Uh, just again because of the way he played himself, which was very uh, that very open style, but still very smart um, Understanding the, the the basic fundamentals and doing them really well, mm-hmm. um, and then being able to being able to talk to young young players and get them motivated and get them playing. So uh, Peter obviously was fairly successful in the sevens and fifteens himself, um, and um, now he's just translating it to, to kids. And again, he's got a good way about him. It's, there's no barking. There's no shouting. Mm. There's no you know. It's just. Uh, it's just simple things done really well, and um, I think he's he, he's got a great future um, going forward. Hopefully, hopefully he gets opportunities to go on um, a little bit higher than than club. You know, oh, that's great, awesome. All right, well, uh, thanks thanks very much for for giving up your time for to come on the show and chat pro rugby. And uh, I think it's gonna I think it's really gonna blow up this year, um, second year in. I think uh, it's uh, laid laid down the groundwork last year, and this year I think it's really gonna take off. So I'm I'm really excited to for it to start again. So uh, yeah. yeah Listen, we, we we all just need to. We're, we've learned a lot, so it's just about now we're just learning and and, and moving on and uh, stuck into year two, because um, the players are here, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just just need we need a vehicle for them, you know. Yeah, no, it's exciting times for sure for for USA rugby and uh, yeah, I, I I tune into as many games as I can and I'll definitely be doing the same for season two. So yeah, all the best and thanks for thanks again for coming on the show. Cheers, Andy, and you're welcome in San Diego anytime. Oh, I'd, I'd love to go. Uh, you, you never know. I might drop in someday. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Cheers, Ray. Thank you. See ya. All right. Welcome to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. I'm your host, Andy Plymer, and joining me today is Luke Gross. Along with being married with three boys, Luke is the head coach of the Sacramento Express Pro Rugby team and took that position on after seven years working with uh, USA Rugby in numerous roles. Uh, Luke arrived relatively late to the game of rugby at age 24 after a university basketball career and then went on to be awarded 62 caps for the United States, which included three World Cups and a 12-year professional career in Europe. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Luke, so welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, cheers. All right, so that's a a pretty interesting uh, lead-up to your rugby career that you you started playing basketball and then came to the game pretty late. What's... uh, What's a, what's a bit more about your backstory there and then some of your experiences playing in the U.S. and overseas as well? Um, you know, I, I picked it up in grad school. I, I started grad school a little late, and and uh, uh, there was only really bigger properties left to rent. 
Yeah. So I thought I'd sublease <laughs> some uh, rooms out. And so be it, uh, a bunch of rugby boys came to live with me at Marshall University and oh, nice. uh, uh, never looked back yeah. after that. So um, overseas, uh, was at Harlequins for a couple of years, um, went over to Italy for a couple of years, really enjoyed that. Um, then in Connectly in Wales before yeah. they went provincial. Yeah. And then up to uh, Yorkshire, um, Rotherham when they were in the premiership. Yeah, right, yeah. And then uh, to Newcastle to finish off uh, my premiership days. And then I went down to Doncaster in the first division and okay. was playing with Doncaster for a little while. Oh, great. And I bet those, uh, I bet those new uh, roommates, uh, their eyes lit up when they walked in and saw you and uh, realized they'd, they'd found their new second role for the club. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. It was, uh, it was good. It was good fun. Bunch of really good young men. Uh, a couple of the boys really took me under their wings. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really have a coach. We had a, a gentleman who had been to England named Mark Hermosinski, who was a med student. Right. And because uh, uh, he went to England, it qualified him as our coach. Yeah, of course. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. So um, first year of pro rugby this year, and we're doing a bit of a series on, on all the coaches on the show here. And uh, what for, for you, for Sacramento, what's a bit of a summary of the team's uh, 2016 season? Um, you know, because everything was put together there at that last uh, uh, minute, yeah, uh, it seemed like it. Um, uh, that we, we kind of had to hit the ground running. Yeah, you know, we really, we really focused on uh, fitness and uh, basic skills. Yeah, and uh, team patterns defensively and attack. Yeah. You know, so that that first month was, you know, get to know your players, get a lot of systems in, um, and get fit. You know, yeah. uh, and then uh, uh, we started out. I, I felt we got the fitness side of it right. Uh, we we hit the ground running against uh, San Francisco and did really well. You know we we played within our our systems of play. We 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 uh, were very aggressive and our fitness came through in the end of the game. Um, you know a couple games in, then we lost our our number ten uh, through injury. Yeah, that's different. Uh, yeah, it really hurt us. And he was really. I mean, we had a couple of younger tens we could have put in, but. Um, we we really really struggled at that stage at ten for the most part of the season. Um, I felt I, I felt uh, a lot of the games we were in, and it could have gone either way as the season went on. Mm. Yeah, it was it was a tough one for us. You know, yeah. we, we we were one of the few teams I felt that continually improved throughout yeah. the season. Yeah, you know, but we just couldn't seem to get those wins. You know, uh, something would go wrong, get a red card here or, uh, uh, you know, an injury halfway through a game or, uh, you know, just just one of those seasons, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and from that, you must have, you must have learned a bunch uh, from that. What, what do you think some of the biggest lessons were from, from your season? Um, you know, we, we had some really good takeaways for the season. We learned that keeping it simple is key. Uh, we started we when we first started we tried to put a defensive system in that was a little complicated and halfway through the season we had a month break and at that stage I decided that we should change our defense to a, a simpler system and it, it kind of paid out off yeah. for us a little bit um, so number one keep it simple um, fitness you can never be too fit and it's a continual improvement and the way seasons work a lot of it's on the boys to do it meaning when they're in the gym, they have got to push themselves hard enough to do it. So fitness is another thing. You can never be too too fit. Yeah. And then basic fundamentals. Um, that first month, 
we should have probably backed off on some of our patterns and focused a lot more on fundamentals. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter what good systems of play of defense or attack you have. If you can't pass and catch or you can't make the tackle, you know, that's, that's key. Those were some key things that we, I took away this season. Yeah. Yeah. And your system's only good as those individual skills, right? And, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a sign of a good coach too. I reckon that, that you can put your hand up and say, "Hey, we started a bit too complex. Let's let's dial it back and uh, let's let's go to a simply more simplistic uh, defensive pattern." Yeah, it, it it was, and I I had a couple of very good assistant coaches, and Kevin Battle and Freddie Watici. Right. Um, uh, have full respect for them. They they constantly been in my ear about how to improve, mm. not only myself but the team. Mm. Uh, and we we had a really good staff. That was probably one of our strengths. That was one of our strengths was our staff. Yeah. Um, those two gentlemen, you know, KB's organization and his great rugby mind, uh, and and then Freddie, always calm, you know, and and the way he looks at things. It's a different way of looking at things, and it just kind of brought our staff together yeah. pretty strong. Yeah, and that's probably a good segue into my next question. Just areas of that went really well for you this season, you think, and that you'd like to kind of replicate next year. Some of the things that went well, um, we continue to prove over the season. Season that's mm-hmm. players and staff. Yeah. Uh, from game from that first training session all the way to the last game, uh, we we all walked away uh, physically better, uh, better rugby players, better understanding. You know it. it that that's one thing I have to take my hat off to. You know that 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 was a big part of it, and everybody had that mindset, that learning mindset. Uh, like I said, I, I think we we started out pretty fit in the season, so I th- I felt yeah. we had that that first part of the season right, fitness to yeah. strength ratio. We had a really good player re- leadership group. You know, if you don't have a good leadership group, it's hard to get a mentality into a team, a workman's mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah, and we had some really good leaders on that team. Uh, we and uh, I felt as a coaching staff, we gave them the freedom to really um, implement it, you know, which yeah. really helps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and yeah, you know, that's that's so key that 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 leadership piece because at the end of the day, you you're you're on the sidelines, you're not on the field uh, with them, so you've got to you've got to hand that over to the players as soon as it yeah. starts. Yeah, it's at the end of the day, it's their team, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're just you're just help organizing it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so you're at the the end of the season now. You're in the off season for pro rugby. Um, any any areas in particular are you focusing on uh, for professional development moving forward? Uh, defense. I'm uh, trying to get a better understanding of defensive uh, patterns and yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and I mean that's probably my biggest one. If the staff stays the same, which it should, yeah. Um, we have uh, Kevin Battle, who's our tech coach, and he does a tremendous job with that. Um, and we had Freddie Watichis doing skills and backs. Right. Uh, I had forwards and defense, and I, I felt um, so. Jet gone overhead. Yeah, that's awesome. Hold on. <laughs> well, come- yeah. Um, let that pass. Sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, the the defensive area. Um, it's I call it attack without the ball. Mm. So it's it's really interesting to me on the different patterns and stuff. But it, you know, I like the like the learning I took from the other season, keep it simple. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking for different ways to teach that very simple defense and maybe add a couple of little twists to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um you know, I think there's there's some good stuff going around now. It's become a real focus in world rugby is is that structured defense and you 
you look at what England did to Australia with uh, you know Paul Gustard's work and, and things like yeah. that. There's some there's some great defensive coaches around for sure. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are. yeah. Awesome. Okay. And um, what about coaching in general? What's your, what's your favourite part of the game to coach? And uh, what are some of the ways that, that you like to, to to do it specifically? Um, being a big forward, yeah. I, I like set pieces as <laughs> yeah. always. Of course. It's, there's. Yeah. It's kind of like. To me, it's taking a group of guys and making them work as one. Yeah, and then it's those yeah. chess pieces, how to manipulate each one to do a certain role in that, in that uh, unit to, to manipulate the D. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's such a uh, fascinating part of the game. You know, scrums or angles and um, power and force and all that. And then the, the lineouts. I, I call it a dance. Yeah. You've got to move together and, and synchronize your movements to ultimately come up with the ball. You know, yeah. um, some of the, some of the, f- how I started the season with the boys, we, we touched on basics, mm-hmm. uh, basic lifting, basing profiles and stuff. And we had such a plethora of uh, uh, experience within the, the pack that I let the boys slowly take it over. And by mid season, they were running it. Yeah, that's and right. That's kind of how we we ran the team. You know, the the boys ended up running the the trainings a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We we would guide it, but they would run it. You know, I uh, I say that's probably one of the most important things when it comes to team. Anyway, I'm getting off track here a little bit, going back to the set piece and how yeah, I that's fine. Yeah. some of the different things. You know, you started with basic games and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, and build from there, all fundamentally based. Yeah. You know? So yeah. No, and that's great. Going back to what you said there, like that's I think you see the art of coaching's developed a lot since probably when you were when you were playing professionally to now that 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 move to you know a less authoritarian head coach to to someone who's more a facilitator than than a, than a fountain of knowledge. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Well, these are these are pretty short interviews for the for the pro rugby series. So um, we always end the show with the same uh, final four questions. Um, when you were a kid growing up, well, you, you probably had a few favorite basketball players there. So who, who was your favorite rugby player when you just started playing rugby and, and maybe throw in a favorite basketball player there as well? So basketball player was Larry Bird. Oh, yeah. Nice. Know? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I like that, that, ch- that competitiveness between him and Magic. It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, being an Indiana boy too. Yeah. So right, Larry okay. Bird. All right. Um, uh, and then rugby, John Eel. Yeah, and John Ely, being an Aussie man, uh, you know Ely, champion. He's, uh, yeah. Oh, tremendous! How many second rows you know kicking for goal? Huh? No, not many. To win a yeah. to win a Tri Nations as well. I know. As well, it's uh, awesome. Yeah, such a tremendous, uh, tremendous athlete, both on and off the field. A good yeah. man. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, did, did you you would have crossed paths in World Cups uh, with John Eels? Or was um, it, he would have retired when you started with the. Yeah, he retired. He wasn't in the '99, was he? Uh, he was. Yeah, he was. The he, captain. Was he, then, he was captain in the '99. Yeah, he didn't yeah. play against us. That's what it was. Oh, okay, right, right. Playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, he's a legend. Uh, he's yeah. he's definitely on my uh, all-star Australian fifteen for sure. Uh, as, as captain as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and um, what about uh, what about uh, players now on the international circuit? Uh, any players that you you like watching and like what they're doing? Um, there's a lot of good players out there. Yeah. You know, they're all tremendous in their own right. And I tend I tend to not have favorites. Yeah. You know, um, I'll have a favorite for a match, but that mm-hmm. that's about it. I don't. Yeah. 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 No, fair enough. And it's just more the game that, that yeah. you, know, you love. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and what about coaches? Um, 
people, coaches, coaches with a high profile. Any particular coaches that that you you you, you respect what they've done or or are doing? Um, you know, one of my first coaches, really, uh, Dick Best. He yeah. was the Harlequin, former English yeah, coach, coach, England coach. England, yeah. Yeah. He was the Harlequins then. And when I first started, uh, I was my knowledge of the game was very limited. And uh, Coach Best kind of took me and put me in a box. Mm-hmm. And he only gave me a couple things to do. <laughs> you know, so line outs, be aggressive, get the ball, you run forward. Anybody running, you tackle him. Yeah. That's what he gave me. It kept me from thinking too much. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if a newer player, you think too much, you really don't accomplish anything, and you don't, you don't, uh, um, you don't use your athleticism because you're constantly thinking stuff like that. And he was really good about uh, uh, drip feeding me stuff to keep me focused and keep me um, competitive on the field and 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 playing. You know, yeah. so it was really good. So uh, Dick Best. Yeah, that's well, that's great advice too. I think as coaches, we we love the game so much. We're really passionate about passing on our knowledge, and that can get away from any coach at times. Yeah. And you you can try and get it all coach coach the entire game of rugby in one session, and that's not doing the athletes a lot of a lot of good. So that's a good good message there for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's very. Yeah. Cool. Okay, and then last question: um, Who's who's someone local or, or a group uh, in your region that's doing doing a good job for the grassroots uh, kind of scene? You know, you can't really pick out one individual coach. Yeah, um, yeah. There's so many good young coaches out there that are dedicating their time and and their you know their resources and everything to developing uh, rugby here in the U.S. or in North America. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Hats off to those guys. They're not being paid for it. It's time away from their family, their friends, yep. and all that. But they love it, and they're yeah. continually developing it. And and for any rugby nation, um, they have have it right. You know, it's they they start at the base, the youth, and they build up from there. Yeah. You know, in North America, we're just now starting to get it. You know, yeah. which yeah. which is good. No, so hats off to all those coaches. No, that's great. That's great. And uh, you know, I think pro rugby is going to be huge for that. That side of things, like uh, grassroots <laughs> rugby in Sacramento, must be, you know, really starting to go on the up uh, as as a result of of the program. Yeah, you know, Sac had a has a huge uh, youth base. It's yeah. one of the biggest in the country. Right, really. Uh, uh, it's a bunch of different clubs, high school teams, and all that. So um, we're actually lucky to be in this area. Yeah. You know, I feel, I feel really lucky to be based here. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, that, that comes to the end of the show. And, um, you know, just want to say thanks very much, Luke, for, for, for giving up your time to come on the show and talk about uh, Sacramento. And I uh, want to wish you all the best for, for next season. And I'm sure sure a bunch of people, even more than the 2016 season, are going to be going to be tuning in and watching pro rugby grow and develop. So thanks very much again for your time. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review via iTunes and keep listening for the next episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at RugbyCoachSCNR or via the website at TheRugbyCoachesCorner.com. Until next time, Keep sharing ideas to make the game better.